Hi guys, thank you and welcome back to 1031 podcast. Uh welcome to our second episode. Yay. <laughs> so, thank you for joining us our journey in remembering the goal. And in our last episode we talked about trap me offended and you are talking about how how we react when we offended what is being offended and all that now episode 2 we're going to talk about the elephant in the room so on our second episode the elephant in the room any please tell us more about your idea of the elephant in the room you know the first time i heard about uh, i had that phrase i was i was wondering I, okay so i took it in the literal context and i was imagining okay so now we have an elephant in a room or so what can that mean that um this is a big problem or something because people are talking about it in the context of issues or conflict but then i got enlightened and i understood that it's when there's a huge inconvenience that people are ignoring so we all know um that this is a problem but no one wants to talk about it or yeah so what uh what can we say about this um talking about the elephant in the room and putting that same equation of offense to start us off i want us to look into the book of matthew chapter number 24 and verses 10 to 13 and i'll read from two versions and the bible says and then many will be offended will betray one another and will hate one another then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many and because lawlessness will abound the love of many will grow cold but he who endures to the end shall be saved now we are looking into that particular elephant now when you read this particular verse first there is something that all of us we need to agree jesus is addressing signs of the end times he's telling his disciples what is yet to come and if you and me we are to agree is all of us we are living in those moments whereby many of us are getting offended the elephant in this is the offense of which even even as we look into this particular verse breaking it down bit by bit we will discover other four other elephants that make us to lead an offended life make us to lead a bogus life and my question is who are these people the bible is referring to as those who are offended who is jesus addressing as offended people are they christians or are they the society at large i think it's the society at large yeah i think so too because i mean we all get offended offenses something that happens to everyone it's not this <laughs> yeah you see yes you in as much as offense tends to happen to everyone every one of us gets offended but when you read this particular verse jesus was very specific to them now to to get to that answer we find our answer as we continue to read and the bible says 
and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Now, there is an aspect brought here. Now, reading from another English version of the Bible, and I'll read the same, same verses, and it says, During that time, many believers will lose their faith. They will turn against each other and hate each other. Up to there, who are now, who are these people Jesus is referring as many will be offended? The believers. The believers. And when you look at the other verse, it uses, um, I was doing some little research up on Nepali and discovered the word there used for love was, the Greek word used there was agape. Mm-hmm. And to me, the simplest definition of agape is unconditional love. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that is the thing. So people who are getting offended in this particular sense are not just any other people. These are people who have believed Christ. These are people who are Christian. These are the people who worship and minister in churches. And so for us to identify this, I want us to look into, uh, I know there are so many types of love according to the Greek thing, but I want us to focus on this particular too, especially when I'm asking, I think, Asuka, what what do you understand by phileo, the kind of love referred to as phileo? Phileo love is love without romantic attraction. It is mm-hmm. also not the brotherly love. So, so what you're simply saying is phileo love is you scratch my back and scratch your back. Not really. I'm not sure, no. But it occurs between friends and family members. Mm-hmm. Um, let me let me like um try to explain it. How to show filial love, engage in deep conversation with a friend, be open and trustworthy, be a supportive in hard times. Okay, I think it's much better. Yeah. Um, um, from from your definition or from your examples of being supportive in hard times. You are silently from, so so you're saying from the examples you've given that being supportive in hard times. Silently, when I'm looking at those examples, there's one thing that for me comes out clearly Mm -hmm. is I'm going to treat you kindly uh-huh. If you do so, um, you, you're supporting this person mm-hmm. with the hope that when things will get tough on your side, this person will extend the same favor. Yes, that's. I feel like it is like that because in no. that technically brotherly love. You no, should but technically, but technically is you scratch my back, I scratch your back. Could be. Love, okay? Brotherly love. Thank you. Looks more more like a condition kind of a love. It's based on something. Mm -hmm. It's affectionate though. Deep friendship. Yeah, and family. Can I read about agape love? Sure. So agape love is selfless love. It's given without any expectations of receiving anything in return. When you're mentioning these two things, there, there are 
some things are coming out clearly on my side. Number one is there is a highly likelihood for someone to get offended in the filial or the filial kind of love than the agape. And so also when you mention something about it is selfless, I tend to look at it as this is the kind of love that God sheds exactly in the hearts of his children mm-hmm. yeah because he even so he even that's his son his only son that is so so manisha mungu anatupenda bila performance yote si lazima tupige show so is it possible to is it humanly possible to demonstrate agape love yeah i think it is mm-hmm. i think um one we dedicate our lives to improve the lives of others. Mm-hmm. Another way we stay conscious of our actions for the good of um, humankind. There's this phrase that is always said, be kind to anyone, you don't know what they're going through. Mm-hmm. I apply time and charity to someone who needs it. Yeah, that's how we show agape love. Oh, you know, when you put it that way, it, it really brings it into perspective because now I was trying to imagine... Um, how can you love a fellow human being unconditionally? The way it's it's usually so hard. But if you're talking about acts of kindness and living um, like a good life, that, yeah, that can be possible. It's like how can you measure up to God's love? Yeah. You know, me, at one point, I, I learned about this agape love the hard way because there was a time when I did everything I could to show my love to a certain person. But sapa, ile time ya, eh, ile kila time, kila tu nikuwa nikifanya, nikijaribu kwenye shumse how much I loved her, unapata, umse, ange retaliate sometimes, ange criticize, you know, ange kuwa, sometimes ange kuwa harsh, and for a very long time, this was something that really kept on bothering me. And I remember personally, one time I was so fed up. I was so fed up and I decided to complete. And there are these words that um, my friend, a very good friend of mine called Jubu, I remember telling me um, one evening that I need to develop faith in the love of God. And, you know, when Jubu mentioned this statement, I was like, okay, I really love God. Mm-hmm. I already faith in God. So yeah. how Bona Menyambia he developed my faith God like okay. Mm-hmm. And he went on to respond by saying that he who he read to me a verse in Galatians six and verses eight to nine, which says which say he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap every everlasting life and so and let us not grow weary while doing good for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart you see at that point i i realized that when you sow the love of god you will reap the love of god you need to develop this faith in this spiritual look. And so when Jehu was telling me all about this, I was like, okay, this is something I've been singing each other. This is something I've been doing. This is something, but I've not developed that faith 
that this thing can surely work. We normally say that when you give tithe, you will be blessed. Those are the kind of the things we look at. We're trying to limit God on the harvest and in that process I discovered so many things. He went further to say that in the greatest hour of need, the closest friends to Jesus, they deserted him. Judas betrayed him, Peter denied him, and the rest fled for their lives. Only John left, but even who John alikuwa Yesu from a very far. But Jesus akwanza kusemati, hey, manze mamu meniruka, okay. Jesus still walked ahead and died for this particular people. It is, it is, this agape love thing is very much possible. It's very much possible, but it's something that requires a lot of commitment. It's something that requires you to look into the bigger side of things. I know the verses, they are, we, we are familiar with these verses that we and stuff. We we sing them in the choir, but we don't mean them. And 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 this is one of the things this friend of mine was mentioning that in as much as we believe tender women nenda zako, do we have faith that if we love someone at some point, this love will be given unto us? In a choir, yes, it's not the same person I'm showing it to, but God has a way that things can work. God is telling us, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. That mm-hmm. you may be the sons of your father in heaven, for he makes the sun rise on the evil and the good, and sends the rain on the just and the unjust. So mm. you do How many times do you pray for your enemies? Eh, never. Why? <laughs> it's hard, honestly. It's it's very really hard, and this is why this is why most of us we are really living in resentment. Is is because we are not cultivating the things we are talking about. Jesus was not referring to people outside the church. Jesus was referring to people who are already inside, who understand that he died for them unconditionally, yeah. irrespective of what you think. And that's why Jesus is saying many people in our churches are offended. So most of us are getting offended in church simply because we know what the Bible says, but we are not practicing what it is. We we know there's so many verses, verses such as tender wema nenda zako. But how many times do we tender wema and enter your own place? How many times do we do this? Jesus is referring, these are the people Jesus is referring to. Jesus is referring to Christians who already believe in him. They believe that he was crucified for their sins. In the context of scratch your back, scratch my back and scratch your back, (laughs) uh, we as humans expect that if we do something for someone, that they do the same for us. So our expectations are usually formed in the context of our relationship with others. And when they are breached, we tend to feel offended. So like, I have an expectation for someone. When somebody doesn't meet that expectation, I get to feel offended. Mm-hmm. And here we talk about reciprocity expectations. These are based on hoping that our favor and kindness 
are returned in time. So, for example, if you give me a book, the next time, if you have a book, I expect that you have to give me a book. I'm just saying in a very, like, layman, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, like, if, if I show up for you, then I expect you to do the same for me. Exactly, yeah. In as much as we we all live in a concept of scratch my back, I scratch your back. But there's something that I discovered, something that I've lived by. And at one point, I realized that when you give love, mm. the love is sown into the spirit. And what do I mean when I say that love is sown into the spirit? Now, most of the time is we normally try showing up for other people. We normally try to do good to other people. We try to be there for them. We try to show our helping hand and so on and so forth. And most of the time, sometimes, we tend to get so much offended or so much sad when we come to realize that you're in a particular situation and you know Aska or Emily is going to pull up for me. Like, And one thing happens or the other, and then Aska or Emily, kitu ina happen, as in our easy come through. Maybe you don't know why, but most of the time we don't want to get to know the reason as to why. Okay, why didn't this person show up? And so there's something that I learned that when you are sowing love, I want you to look at love as any other planting, any other agricultural process, that when you show love to someone, at the end of the day, you must harvest something. And it calls for a lot of patience when it comes to this. It may be, yes, you have done so many things to this particular person. Yes, you have done so many things to this particular group of people. Mm-hmm. These people can either show up for you or not. Mm-hmm. And if they fail to show up, Aymanishi, all the things that you did, God overlooked them. Mm-hmm. Is that these things will always come in another way. It might not be from these particular people I was helping. And so me understanding this concept, it even helped me to love these people even more. It freed me to do these things to these particular people because you don't know where God at some point is going to come through. See, to that particular, we tend to corner God in one particular corner and we expect if we do these things, this thing, they will come up in this way. And so if most of us recognize this, we won't give up and become offended. Because usually, this is not the type of love we walk in. Most of us, we walk in a selfish kind of love that is easily disappointed when expectations are not met. And so if I have expectations about certain persons, the way reciprocity says, these people can let me down. That's why I normally say, you need to have a bigger room for disappointment. These people will eventually let you down. They will disappoint you to to the degree that they will fall short of your expectations. Not somebody else, it's your own problem. And so, but if I have no expectation about someone, or me, we are doing this podcast, there's nothing I'm expecting of you. I'm doing this podcast not based on how many people are going to listen to this particular podcast on the day that it's going to be released. I'm doing these things because 
I want to get to someone out there. If I get one person, it's okay. If I get zero, it's also okay. Um, allowing my, myself to have no expectations about any other thing that I'm doing in this particular concept. I'm, I'm working, building a zero expectation on something. Yes, my target is to reach a particular people. You see, the most, when I, when something that I had in my mind is, I knew that not all of my friends listen to podcasts. That is just a clear example. And so it's, it simply means that even if I send them the link to the podcast and they don't listen to them, because eventually most people won't realize that we will always know how many people have listened to it. Some will say, but yes, they did. And when you take these things into heart, you tend to lose that particular be like ah so when you release that thing and say it's okay my friends will either listen to this particular thing or they won't listen to this particular thing to add on what you're saying uh, i think what you're trying to put out is um don't be so consumed with the expectations like as human beings it's impossible not to have expectations because to expect is to have hope of something which is really fine because that's how systems work you know that's how connections work i help you and i expect that you should help me in the next time but the real thing here is don't be so consumed with that idea of reciprocity uh because People, yeah, will disappoint you. Some will come through for you, some won't. And you just have to be fine with however the events turn out to be. It's actually the truth. Because we tend to set up ourselves for friends when we require certain things to be met. Certain behaviors, certain things to be met in our relationships. And the more we expect, the greater potential of our friends. So... People get defensive because uh, if you've experienced something, you're more likely to be cautious, yeah? Once bitten, twice shy. An example is uh, these people that rob you in, in the streets, like in town, yeah? If someone, the next time you see someone with such a tactic, you'd be so careful. You wouldn't want to assist strangers because you know what happened to you the last time so yeah i guess that's why people become defensive because you you know how it impacted you previously and you will not want a repeat of the same just the same thing like you've said once bitten twice shy once you you're put through certain in life you you don't want to go through the same things this is how it will end up. Mm-hmm. So we end building walls. Yeah. But again, this aspect of us being defensive, um, this is one thing I think even the toughest people tend to resort to. Recently, I, I got marked by a few friends of mine. And let me call them friends because these are particular people who keep at me so now. So in one way or the other, life happened and they resorted to using some shortcut means to get something. 
for a living. And ape walinipiga. Watu sema tulipigana lakini nikatakiwa zaidi. to run away with my phone and some other things in addition to disforming my good looking face. And so it took some time I guess for me to recover fully. Mm-hmm. And some of us kama wewe ni msoshai simu you know the pain of losing a phone and you have to like struggle for the next four, five, a matter two months to put the other one. And this thing was happening in that moment in the build up of we were to start this particular podcast. So I was like, okay, isi nimeenda, tutakuwa tunaongeaaje? And then we are in a two different place. So after a while, yes nilipona. And nikakutana nao say after I bought a new phone. So I'm seeing these people coming. See see necessarily wale watu walinibia, but naona vijana wanakuja wanatembea nikawa na bounce bounce kama longe vipi chini then all of a sudden mimi mtu nimekaa nikaamua kujifanya naingia safari kwa mshop in my heart i was like okay these people can really do something yes they were good people and some of them were my friends but i felt that i can't mingle with these people anymore i don't care what they will say how bad our friendship will be because these are people when you're living in Manyata, be rest assured that you're going to meet such people every day. In Manisha, I had even to resort to so many things. I had resorted to not walking, not using earphone, barabara. I I made measures for myself kama zile za mtu akinipigia simu kwa barabara sishiki. Kwa nyumba nitakuwa naingia by 7. Eh? Nikiona vijana na ni approach ile fear flani, I developed some certain fear. Mm-hmm. And yes this is my area this is my wood huko ni place nimezaliwa but all of a sudden i'm feeling more insecure so what do you expect me to do i'm expected to build a wall that will prevent these particular people from joining my life so ndajaribu as much as i can to cut off any link kama ni ps kama ni fifa bora tu anything nimetaniunganisha nao safe days moja isikuwe mm-hmm. the cake in most scenarios we tend to approach people who tend to offend us you know i'll ask just a random question what is one drastic measure you've ever taken when something when something or someone really offended you not to get offended the drastic thing, mm, keeping a distance is okay but what is the extreme thing you felt hey, extreme to a certain measure whereby most of it these people we normally feel these people are our friends these people are my bums are the people who tend to offend us very much it's 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 true we have an expectation of you know for you to call someone a brother for you to call someone a friend there are some lazima kwa amefanya kitu fulani kwa life yako uwezi amka to any day and then simply because we normally go to parkland so you're my friend no we might be going to parkland yes but we are not friends we might be sharing an office but we are not friends we might be learning in the same institution but we are not friends so for you to go a step ahead to say so and so is my friend there must be something that is bringing you two people together other than mnakwanga pizza moja get there must be just something else one person once once said 
In as much as you want to keep your friends close, try keeping these people you've called your best friends closer. Because these are the people who, most of the time, either they are not meaning well, or they are there just to discover some few things and use them against you. So when these particular people tend to offend us, instead of us helping them, we, we stack additional stones on our existing walls. And the more we do this thing, the more there is a barrier, the more there is a disconnection between us. And this is one thing that I've realized most of us is when we get offended, we tend to be introspective mm -hmm. and try to guard our rights and our personal relationships carefully. Our energy is consumed in coming up with ways that you won't be hurt again, coming up with ways that these certain things won't happen to you. And most of the time, this is where we go wrong because our energy is consumed with making sure no future injuries will occur. And one thing I want to let you know, and I don't know if you believe in this or not, but if we don't risk being hurt, we cannot give unconditional love. For unconditional love gives others the right to hurt us. But, Why am I saying so? But even with that, there's only so much, there's only uh, so far we can go with it, with heart, before it becomes too bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there are, there's so many. And how far is too far? Like when you feel it's becoming toxic, when it's, it's, uh, it's messing up with your mind, yeah. Or like ikikuwa physical abuse, that's also hard, then that's now too much. You know, yes. Another thing is I'd I'd love to mention it to you and to everyone else. Is don't die for any person because of love. Jesus did the most. Jesus already died for us all. If you are in a particular place or in a particular space where your mental health is not considered, you're physically abused, not getting offended, just to put things clear, not getting offended doesn't mean you don't take action. Mm. The only thing is when someone wrongs you, forgiving them and letting go of that particular pain should be our own, all of us, it should be our main goal. But that doesn't mean you will die there. If someone abuses you, feel free, walk out of that particular place. Find a safer place. But don't let that thing live into your heart. I don't know if you've ever heard these stories. Some people have been sick, not just because they're suffering from a particular ailment, but it's because in their hearts, they have some huge grudges that they can never let go of. Yani, you really hate this person to a particular point where and this is the problem because the moment it really it, 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 it's, it's affecting your own health but guys anyway forgiveness muhimu like there's this person who said or yeah it's like a face or a statement um holding a grudge or not forgiving someone is like taking poison and expecting someone else to die i remember at some point i used to i used to resent a, a particular lady 
in my school. So anytime I'd see her, my blood would boil. I'd get angry. You know, just all the negative emotions and feelings that come with it. And this was not good one for me because of my health and everything that it would bring about. And also the thoughts. Because uh, that all God also feeds our thoughts and all. And that's not nice. But I made a conscious decision to forgive this lady. And I talked to her about it, got to know her side. And I've never known peace like that from that day. Like I was, it was, it, it took a complete 180 from too much resentment, anger, spite to so much love that it was it was just so much and yeah it really helped so forgiveness muhimu yeah eh so woki tusikizo kwenje tuseme oh tulisema you die mungu alitukufia sisi wote so usikufi juu ya mtu and 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 when i was doing some some little study somewhere i i came across that a natural example is there are two seas in the holy land sijikamsha iskeu place but there are two seas in the holy land the sea of galilee freely receives and gives out water it has an abundance of life nurturing many kinds of fish and plant life the water of the sea of galilee is carried by way of the jordan river into the dead sea but the dead sea only takes water in and does not give it out take notice of this the sea of galilee it takes in water gives out the dead sea takes it what takes in water and does not give out now when you look yeah. at these two particular seas in one there is plant life there is abundance of life in the other there is no life there are no living things you know there is no fish in it and so the living waters from the sea of galilee become dead when mixed with the hoarded waters of the dead sea i want you to understand this that life cannot be sustained if held on to it must be given freely life cannot be sustained if held on to it must be given freely so an offended christian is one who takes in life but because of fear cannot release life you get in the good message of christ we've all received it we get in how god loves us we get in how god gives it out but simply because we can't even share this gospel to another person simply because they wronged us simply because they hated us simply because they grabbed our land we harbor it into our lives and still we will call and claim on saturdays and sundays in church that god is good god is faithful what is the point of you becoming christian when you can't share the message of love and redemption to the one who really wronged you up and so as a result even the life that does not come in because of stagnant within the wall or the prison of our offense when you read second corinthians 10 and verses 4 to 5 it says for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in god for pulling down strongholds casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of god bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of christ these strongholds these are the things that are creating patterns of reasoning through which all incoming information is processed i want you to think about it as we are talking this moment think about all those people in your hearts you can't release them 
And then imagine you singing at the altar every Sabbath, every Sunday. There is beauty all around when there is love at home. How much does that song make sense to you? Upendo nifura, joyfully as you smile, choristering at the pulpit. As you sing this song, how many people are you feeling in your heart, stuck inside your prisons of unforgiveness? And that's why I love this particular song that normally says, Chief of sinners though I be. Jesus forgave us in as much as the bad things we did. In however bad our sins were, God forgave us. But we can't forgive others. In Matthew 5, 44, it says, But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. And as much as, as human beings, it's hard to and uh, forget and even not to revenge. We have to pray to the Lord to grant us that serenity to acknowledge endure all this hate, all this um, that we want to revenge and all that. And as much as it's hard, we need to pray to the Lord for the strength and and also before we look into prayer in as much as i know ask has talked about matthew chapter 5 and verses 44 i want us just to look at something very closely so that even as we finish this we may pray god to release our hearts to be free from offense ask i read from the book of matthew chapter number 5 and verses 44 and she admonished us on how we need to show love to people. We need to pray that we may love our enemies as God intended. But just before we finish, there's some few things I would want us to pay attention to. And when at your own time, when you read the book of Second Timothy, chapter number 3, and verses 1 to 5, and chapter number 4, in verses 3 to 4, notice that the scriptures are saying that they will have a form of godliness or Christianity per se, but they will deny its power. Now the question is, how will they deny its power? They deny that Christianity can change them from being unforgiving to forgiving. So most of us, we tend to boast of being the followers of Christ and proclaiming how we have been born again but what we really boast so much about is being the followers of christ but we have not allowed the message of christ to pierce our hearts and bring forth the character of christ so i want us amy will read us second timothy chapter 3 and verses 7 it says ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth mm -hmm. so when, when, you read, when you look at this particular verse, there's something that people, or most of us prophetically, that we have been deceived by so many things. You see, Paul is describing them that these people will always be learning and never be able to come to the knowledge of truth. Now, when I look at this life today, I'm looking at there's so many seminars we attend, there's so many workshops we attend in churches, there's so many things we attend. And I'm looking at people trying to find new scriptures to justify their selfish lives, new scriptures to justify why they're doing things. 
And so even up to date, our key verse in this particular episode was many of us have been offended. And from this particular scenario is so most of the time we have encountered betrayal. I'm not talking about your friend betraying you, but as earlier stated, I'm talking about we tend to build walls of protection and our focus becomes self-preservation. And so we tend to protect our interest at all costs. And this makes us to be capable of betrayal. I know you're asking, we've been talking so much about betrayal. But when we betray, we seek our own protection or benefit it at the expense of someone else. And thus, betrayal in the kingdom of God comes when a believer seeks his own benefit or protection at the expense of another believer. Question to you, how many times has this happened to you? Betrayal leads to hatred. It leads to serious consequences. And the Bible clearly puts it in 1 John chapter 3 and verses 15 that anyone who hates his brother is a murderer and that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. How sad. How sad that we can find example after example of offense, betrayal, and hatred among believers today. It's so rampant about how divorces happen in our church. It's a normal behavior. It's a normal behavior when there's too much politics in churches. Churches are splitting. It's becoming a normal thing. People fighting over leadership positions in church. And all of us, we are very okay with it. And the reason is, most of us, we tend to protect our rights, making sure that they are not, we are not mistreated or taken advantage of. And so, my dear friend, the Bible says, but I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who cast you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Why don't we live by these laws of love? Why are we so quick to betray rather than lay down our lives for one another, even at the risk of being cheated? The reason is very simple, is our love has grown cold, which has resulted in us still seeking to protect ourselves. We can no longer confidently commit our care to God when we are trying to care for ourselves. And just before I leave, we must come to the place where we trust God and not the flesh. Many of us give lip service to God as their source, yet they live as orphans. They take their own lives in their hands when they confess with their mouths, He is my Lord and God. Thank you. See you next time.